Jason Schwartz was an average 13-year-old boy. He dreamed about becoming, one day, a professional football player. But football became tricky for Schwartz when he was playing and he experienced joint pain and swollen lymph nodes. His parents brought him to the doctors and they soon thereafter diagnosed him with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL for short. ALL is a serious blood disease, so uh, everything was suspended in Jason Schwartz's life, and he began a long two and a half years of treatment at St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Tennessee. The scriptures speak about sin as a cancer, an infection, a disease that left untreated, it kills us. Sin is hereditary. We've all got it. We've inherited it from our forefathers. Now, it affects us all differently. Sometimes we experience sin because of our own poor choices. At other times, we experience uh, the sins of others uh, by observing, being the object of their evil action. We also experience the wages of sin simply uh, when our bodies deteriorate, decay, get old. And when we think about it, we realize we've experienced all of the above. Sin is bitter. It was bitter for Naomi and her daughters-in-law. It was bitter for Ruth. Sin was bitter for the young pastor Timothy, and therefore Paul wrote to him again and again to encourage him to remain strong against all the forces that sought to silence him. In today's gospel, we see the bitterness of sin felt and seen so clearly in a community of isolated lepers. Jesus was on his journey towards Jerusalem, which he began back in chapter 9. Chapter 9 of Luke says Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem because there he would do his work, the work he was sent to do, his work to save the world. But he started from a long ways away. And so by Luke 17, he's only in that uh, no man's land between Samaria and Galilee. And it's there in this uh, distant country that a community of lepers sees Jesus from afar and cries out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Notice they don't cry out for healing of their skin. No, they're not fussy at all. They cry out for mercy, which is a more generic, a broader plea for God's help in any way, shape, or form that he can, who, that he will send it. To those lepers, Jesus gave simple instructions. Go, show yourselves to the priests. In their day, priests uh, had a number of hats to wear, uh, of course, they offered sacrifices and served in the temple, but as administrators and as leaders of the people of God, they also worked like our Department of Health and Human Services. They were health inspectors because they were in charge of laws of cleanliness. So Jesus sends them to the health inspectors, but those priests didn't have high hopes for lepers. According to the ancient writings of the rabbis, it was taught that Curing leprosy is as unlikely as 
raising someone from the dead. But on that day, the lepers met the one who has that kind of power. And so nine lepers that day appeared in the temple before the priests, and the priests were astounded at the healing received by the men before them. For they were completely, miraculously, totally, and fully healed. One of the lepers, however, was different. He didn't show up in the temple. Indeed, he could not. That leper was doubly isolated. Though the other nine put up with him in their leprosy, they were Israelites. They had a place in the temple, a place with the priests. But this man, he was forbidden to go there because he was a Samaritan. But following the word of God, he went anyhow. And on the way, when he saw that he was healed, he turned around. And he turned to the greater priest, to the greater temple, to Jesus And when he came to Jesus, he cried out with a loud voice so that everyone around could hear. And he fell on his face and he worshiped Jesus because he believed that he had found God in the flesh. And with his loud cries of thanksgiving, he pointed to Jesus as the power of God for the healing of the sick and sinners. The term wounded healer has been used for over 100 years by pastors, psychologists, and physicians. And in our text, I see that theme coming out of the wounded healer. Carl Jung, a Swiss physician and psychiatrist, urged his students to think about this. A doctor must examine himself, Jung taught, Only when he can put himself right can he begin to hope to put right a patient. And a famous Dutch pastor, Henry Nguyen, uh, spoke about his discoveries as a pastor, that being a pastor was not about degrees, and it wasn't about advanced training. It wasn't about wisdom, but it was about weakness. Nguyen observed that when a minister seeks to serve in a sick and dying world, his service will not be authentic unless it comes from a heart wounded by the same suffering about which he speaks. An effective pastor is not effective, Nguyen says, because he's strong, because he's above wounds, because he's above sin. No, he's effective because he's experienced all of it. And he offers healing, Nguyen says, simply by offering his wounds healed by God to the community. And of course, I'm taking this term, this reality, applied to physicians and pastors, and I'm applying it to the whole church. The church is not God's people before the world by strength, by our avoidance of sin and wounds and pain, but no, we live it. We've lived it. But what's different about us is the comfort we have received and the healing we have. The healing is always Christ. Christ is the ultimate, most comprehensive, the truest wounded healer. Jesus came into this world and he wasn't afraid to touch lepers, to touch the contagious, the feverish. Jesus wasn't afraid with being seen 
with sinners, those who were outcasts. Jesus was willing to become wounded in body and in soul for our sin. He was wounded by others' hatred, by their malice. He was wounded on the cross, even to death. And in the resurrection, those wounds were transformed. They were not just tokens of suffering, but they were wounds of healing. They comforted the disciples because they knew he wasn't a ghost. He wasn't part of their imagination. He was the one who once was slain, but now had risen forever and ever. Amen. By these wounds, Jesus' disciples and we are healed. By these wounds. So when we are sick, when we've made poor decisions, when we've been hurt, when we're dying, we travel with all Jesus' disciples to his feet, to the foot of his cross, and we cry out with loud voices, Jesus, have mercy on us. And he always, by the power of his cross, heals his people. Jason Schwartz is a real-life example of a wounded healer. He realized during his time at St. Jude's that, you know, well, he gave up on his aspirations to become a professional athlete. And he wanted to do precisely what he received. He wanted to help other children that were battling rare and painful cancers. And so Jeff Schwartz went to med school and earned an MD and then a PhD. And he went back to St. Jude's Research Hospital in Tennessee, where he now serves as a physician in oncology and hematology. And no doubt, uh, Dr. Schwartz has, because he's lived it, a very special empathy and compassion for his patients. Today, the scriptures call us to have a special compassion and empathy for those who are suffering, for those who are wounded. Paul lays it all out in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and God of all comfort, who has comforted us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. In other words, have you been comforted today? Have you received forgiveness? Have you been lifted up in your spirit? Well, you can use that comfort, Paul says, to help others. Even if they're suffering from something you've never felt before, the comfort is the same. The comfort is always the risen Christ. Comfort them with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God, for we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings. So through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. Dear friends, all of us in our own ways have been wounded. We all have our scars. But this is not something to be ashamed of. This is not something that we have to ignore. Uh, while weakness may uh, be looked down upon in the world, in the kingdom of God, weakness is a tool. It's a strength. Weakness is an opportunity to receive comfort and then share it 
In Christ, brothers and sisters, you are wounded healers. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.